You're listening to episode 32 of the Empath Podcast. Welcome back to the Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Robin, from the diaryofanempath.com. And today is my first official guest episode. And it is with Corrine, a relationship coach who has just finished up Empath and Business. And my intention for this conversation was to just sit with some of the past students and have have a conversation. And Corrine jumped right on it. And what was interesting, and this is a very empath thing, is when we were here and we were sharing space, what unfolded wasn't the original plan. And it, it turned out much better because we ended up talking about shame. Corrine and I met one of the nights, one of the first nights of the Black Lives Matter protests and the Instagram blackout. And we were talking very authentically with each other about our responses. And I asked her, I'm like, you know what? I know we had something else scheduled, but how would you feel if I just press record and we talk about this? And she was excited for that and she was game for that so I did I pressed record and we just had a very authentic conversation so I hope and we hope that this supports you at the end of the episode Corrine did leave a worksheet if you are curious about your own shame cycle and if you're someone who's really working through relationship then definitely check out her work so let's just start Corrine do you want to introduce yourself yeah thanks Robin my name is Corrine, and I just finished Robin's um, Empaths in Business just this past May, June, May. We yeah. ended in May, right? Yeah. yeah. Te- technically, the platform's still open, but you. Right. Yeah. Which is good because I work a little bit slower. That was the first business course that I've taken. I've been in a coaching program the last three years at the relationship school, learning both individual and couples relationship coaching. So that's really where most of my energy has been lately is just learning about relationships, coaching individuals and couples, and just really diving in into that work in in my personal life as well, and also as a student in the world. Do you want to speak a little bit to your school? Because before I met you, I, I didn't even know that existed. How did you find it and how, yeah, how did that come to be? Three years ago, well, even four years ago is when I started listening. They have a podcast as well called the Smart Couple Podcast. I think now it's just called the Relationship School Podcast. And I typed, I was traveling actually. I traveled for two years after graduating university. I was super burnt out and needed just a life revamp just shutting everything down like what's my vision who am I where am I outside of what everyone's telling me so I started traveling and in that time I realized how important relationships are to me and and just how I 
I felt so much lack in my relationships. They just weren't, they didn't feel fulfilling to me on a level that I needed to really feel good in my soul. So I went to Google. I literally typed in like how to do relationships better. And this is one of the first things that came up was the Relationship School podcast. So I ended up listening to them for about a year while I was traveling, heard about just their programs and what they have going on through their podcast and signed up. I did my interview with them in Cambodia and literally I came home January 25th for a friend's wedding and then the program started the next week. So pretty much since I've been home from traveling for two years, I've been immersed in this school. That's and yeah, that's how I found them. And it's, it's completely changed my life. And I, it's also how I found you actually, because <laughs> I was talking to my mentor in that school just a few months ago and it came across, I was doing a supervision call with them and it just came across. Um, I was really absorbing a lot of my client's energy and he was like, oh, like you're, you're an empath. And it's like, okay, I have looked into this before and obviously I need to revisit it again. So I Googled you, well, I Googled empath podcast. And then there happened to be a podcast called the empath podcast. <laughs> You're reminding me of what we talked about in empaths and business in the last week around keywords. And it's like, you really, people do just search like the keyword empath podcast, how important it is to to remember that when you're marketing your work because you're just like a perfect example both with like the relationship school and then the podcast so okay keep going so you found me you came into the program yeah so I ended up searching the empath podcast or and I just ended up searching like a podcast for empaths and then yours was one of the first that came up and got to your website noticed seven day shocker course I signed up for that and then I started listening to your podcast and it just resonated so much there's some things that I come across in life that I like to say like at that moment in time not that they know me better than myself but they know me as much as I know myself you're one of the two things that I've come across in the world that I just it's like almost this like feeling of home in a way the other thing was the book, The Woman Who Run With The Wolves mm. by Clarissa Pancola Estas. I think that's how you pronounce it. I remember reading that book on a bus uh, while I was traveling through Costa Rica and just in my travels and how, how home, how much it felt like home, even though I was so far away from my physical home because it was my soul home. And I got the same feeling listening to your podcast and the episodes. Was there anything particular or was it more just like the energy of the podcast itself? And same with the book, Women Who Run With Wolves. Like, was it something she said or just that, that feeling? It's like this deep resonation, this deep resonation with what I know to be true, even though no one around me is validating it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. When it came to your podcast, it's these deep, empathic or sensitive like I'm very sensitive individual and deeply emotional and it's like these deep knowings that I have about myself that not everybody gets in the world 
and sometimes when you just meet someone you hear things it's like oh they just get it oh they get it because I can feel it so it's the way that you talk about being an empath it's the understandings that I knew that you had and then more than just the understandings but the now what like I could tell you were like one or two steps ahead of me I could tell that you'd embodied your sensitivities more like you're more owner like owning of them because I know like right like you own something once you accept something about yourself then you can really own it mm-hmm. and once you really own it to find you're right like you use the word light codes like the strengths in those things then you get to use those things to serve and I felt like you were using these things these qualities like being an empath and you were already like you'd already owned it and you're already using it to serve. And I was on the place where, well, I just had a mentor, you know, uh, r- remind me, oh, yeah, like think you're an empath, like just like coming back around to that. So I was at this place where I'm like, oh, OK, I am an empath. Right. Like I had owned this already. And now it's my turn to learn how do I use this to serve. I love that. Even more than serve or like to be able to serve, you had to know how to handle it and manage it yourself. And so just seeing that like you already had all this knowledge, you had this experience of learning how to work with yourself so that you could work with others. Like that was the piece. It's like you knew you're an empath, you owned it, you're already learning how to work with yourself so that you could work with others. And I just like, I knew that was, I was like, whoa, yes, thank you. There's this idea I've been thinking a lot about lately of sovereignty in social change Mm. and how we are the systems that we are creating. So we all say like, we want a better world. We want a more just world. And we say like, oh, we are the future. And what does that really mean? I think what you just spoke to really embodied that because for me, I know I had this frustration of well, one, at first, I didn't know I was sensitive. You know, I thought I was mentally ill. And then I accepted, because the same as you were seeded the information, I was seeded the information of you're an empath. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm an empath. And that unlocked a whole new like ownership of myself, of not giving my power away to a world that didn't get me, but instead owning who I was. And that left ripples of people behind me in it's not like a hierarchy it's like a path you know walking a few mm-hmm. steps behind me to own that and all of a sudden we as a very feminine empathic sensitive community are not looking at our sensitivity as bad we're embodying that it is actually very beneficial and very helpful and by doing that we've created this new system, this new world where sensitivity is respected by doing the, the respecting ourselves. And so you just spoke to that in a very beautiful way. Same with being in business, being a sensitive person in business and how I just felt so annoyed at this idea that it was wrong to be spiritual and make money because it was like, you know, you're spiritual, you're meant to suffer. And I don't believe in a world where spiritual people suffer or healers suffer or creatives suffer or struggle or are broke, insert whatever word. And so I decided to become and to to embody a spiritual person who was heart-based, heart-led, 
and wealthy, mm-hmm. leaving behind steps for people to follow for their own embodiment of that truth. And then all of a sudden, we no longer have starving artists. We have a new structure of very abundant artists. Mm-hmm. So thanks for speaking to that. I'm nodding my head over <laughs> here. I, lo- I, uh, I lo- just love all of that. And I'm, I'm pulled as well to speak like like you said you're like you realize like oh like I'm not mentally ill I'm sensitive and that resonates so so much with me because it's so easy I think to go into that especially with mental health stigma Mm -hmm. and I think like I don't know it won't speak for you but I can imagine that your embodiment and ownership of your sensitivity allowed you to create an environment around you that included like boundaries, like lots of boundaries in order for it to not be something that felt mentally ill. Yeah. That's something that you could actually thrive with because like every quality that we have as human beings can either hinder us or, or help us like achieve the things that we want. It's like learning how to use that. And it, it, it's like you had to do it in a world where normally it would be a very negative thing. Yeah. It brings me back to this idea of, of every quality you have can be pointing you in the direction you want to go or pointing you in the direction you don't want to go based on how you choose to view it, understand it, relate to it. And I know this came up for you in the program. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the parts that were the most challenging that ended up being the most challenging for me, but also a big gift in disguise because it helped me see, it helped me have a real life experience of, okay, I have this quality of needing to have systems and structures around certain things in order for me to feel balanced. And I, I did that like the first half of the course, I created my own Word document to have everything like very systematized and like all my answers were like in there and it was like a whole, there's like headers and outline and it worked for that part of the course because that part of the course was very feminine. We were visualizing, we were flowing, we were doing, you know, our vision board and um, when it came to the second parts of the course, which you kind of like you talk about it being more masculine and more structured is like I was trying to so my structure my natural structure was really working for me that quality was really working for me in the first half of the course and then the second half that actually required me to think of actual ideas of what I wanted to create for my business like offers I could not get myself to open up my google doc it was so painful and I couldn't do it for a whole week and and then finally, like I realized, I think when I, after one of our calls that I was trying to put myself into my own box. Like I was trying to put my, to bring more structure to something that you were already bringing structure to in mm-hmm. the course. And it's when I clued into that, like, oh, okay. So my quality of bringing structure and systems to things is actually hindering my ability to create right now. And what I actually need to do is get some markers and crayons and scrap paper and go out to the park and just create. 
because that's how I'm actually going to get my ideas down. You followed the flow. Mm-hmm. You're, you're reminding me of this idea of of context because I think about if we if we backtrack onto empath traits and abilities, how are empath traits and abilities productive to what we're wanting to do, and then how can they be at detriment? And I think about the idea mm-hmm. of being very sensitive is a very beautiful thing to embrace when you're in something like a client call. And you need to be open to receiving information from that person and off that person to better serve them. Mm-hmm. Whereas sensitivity can be more of a detriment when you're in spaces that are going to drain you. So mm-hmm. social media. And so having tools to know and keep balance. For me, and, and what I teach is often like boundaries, you know, what are your boundaries? Are you putting up energetic boundaries when you're going into spaces, whether that be social media, whether that be the mall on a, on a busy night? And then where do you let those boundaries down when you, when you need to be using that skill set, your sensitivity to serve? Yeah. And so can you flow with that? I think it was such a huge part of your learning within the course but also just a really important message to just be putting out into the podcast is because I know for you when you came in it was like you were taking on people's energies so is that a bad thing not necessarily it's very contextual and how can you flow between your needs based on context yeah yeah totally do you feel more empowered in that way because of the lessons that you learned Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. As an empath, like someone who really cares about about people, I realized, like, I always felt, I felt shame for having boundaries with people mm-hmm. um, because I had these thoughts and, like, these expectations of, what a good person is in the world and like a good person is always open and always available for everybody and as someone that cares about being a good person I think like most empaths do I that that was a really big um, detriment to me so you learned that you know you need to flow based on what you need a boundary if we relate it to how you how you show up and create there's times where you need very streamlined very google doc like structure which i remember you showed me an image of it and i was like she is a virgo <laughs> that is intense <laughs> and then um there's times where the more productive thing is for you to be more flow in order for your creative ideas to be birthed that's balanced masculine feminine and business it's often like there's a right or wrong way to do this and so if you're not showing up every day and you're you know, you're not going to that Google Doc every day and producing content every day in this very structured like way, you are therefore a failure. Mm-hmm. And you really face that and you start to see that no, 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 this can be contextual. And then learning to set boundaries around that, learning to know when you do need to have boundaries with yourself and in terms of boundaries, we often talk about boundaries being like more structure. But for you, a boundary is less structure within yourself. 
It's like, Mm -hmm. how can you break down those walls? It's almost like if the flow would be for me to move from structure and bringing structure and being in my Google Doc to being out in the park in the sunshine with markers and crayons, creating my next offer, shame is what prevents me from leaning into that, like Mm -hmm. leaning into what the flow would naturally be, which is letting go of this of the the google doc right force myself to sit in front of my laptop and just like stare at my screen and be in complete discomfort in my body because i would feel shame about doing it any any other way because this is the right way shaming yeah shaming yourself into something that does not work mm-hmm. for you in that moment mm-hmm. oh okay so Relating this to your work, because you do work with relationships and couples in relationship, and I know a big part of what you've been birthing over the course of the course is a a course, how many times is this? <laughs> a course on shame and how shame shows up in relationships. And I know we talked a little bit about examples and what's going on in the world right now. Like the world is changing. We are being asked to be fluid, to flow, to allow ourselves to to shift out of what may have worked in the past and is no longer working now. Yes. And to allow the structure to change yeah. for the changing context. Yeah. It's a four energy, 2020. A lot of our structures are being highlighted as being ineffective, as being outdated, as being discriminative, as being rooted in centuries, like centuries of oppression. And we're needing to shift. And recently on social media, I know we were talking about this earlier, we've felt or there's been a feeling of, of a shame that's come up of, should I post about this? Should I not? Should I take a stand about this? Is the way I'm choosing to make a stand about this right or wrong? Or, And I know we talked about this whole idea of, of the shame cycle and how it either freezes us, makes us want to fight, get defensive, or to make us want to run and, and just bypass everything. So can we <laughs> lean into that conversation? Yeah, like you're you're talking about how it stimulates like our sympathetic nervous system. So mm-hmm. fight, flight, and freeze response. And we see that like we're, we're observing the, the collective response. And it's been a lot of people not necessarily talking about the issue at hand, but more so shaming and blaming each other for their action or inaction. And there is just so much, like as an empath, you feel into that and you feel the judgment, you feel the shame. And I think that's one of your skill sets to know that shame's underneath all of this stuff and, and how we relate to each other. So what would you say, how are you observing it? And, and what would you like to share with someone who might be feeling very triggered by what's happening and, and how could they better navigate it? Maybe talk about your experience. Do you feel comfortable? Yeah, like I'll yeah, I'll talk about my experience and because I started creating this course with the intention to have it as like shedding shame in as a couple, like together. It's like my partner and I have done a lot of work around that, like shedding shame together in our relationship. 
and as a relationship coach and I work with couples and it's just it's naturally kind of direct the direction I'm going when I feel into okay what are my biggest things that I'm going through in my life and up until now like it's been in my relationship with my partner and and in my life and with what everything that's happening in the world it's it's starting to be more wider than even me or me and my partner or even my me and my friend group um, and my family it's now like a world thing and thing is is like I feel quite ignorant as as a white as a white female in the world I feel very ignorant and I I can tell because I don't even know how to talk about it and I that in itself I feel shame around like it's hard to even have the conversations because shame is just right there around the corner. If it's fight, flight, or freeze, that is the shame response. You know, my big thing has been to freeze. Like I just, I shut down, I'd get silent. Exactly what you just did of like, uh, uh, I don't know what to say. I think yeah. that's a, a response a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. And I guess I want to say first and foremost like it's completely normal anytime we're at an edge where we don't know something of a certain topic we're just uneducated on it we haven't ex- we haven't had firsthand experience with it we're just generally very sorry genuinely naive and ignorant about something it's normal to go into shame especially if our history if in our history and our past we have been blamed and punished and criticized for not knowing something or not getting something right or not understanding something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also know that for me, it's not what's going to help me help the system change. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing. But I'm like, I can't, if I go to shame myself for feeling shame and getting frozen, there's just another layer of me having inaction and I think what happens, there's a lot of justify. I think there's a lot of justified anger in the world right now. I want to say like past justified. It's like very obvious why people are angry. It's very obvious why people are angry, why black people specifically are angry. I, I, like, I, I get it. And I'm, I'm on this side over here where I'm like, okay, what do I do? Like, I don't, and there's pieces, there are people, there's um, activists and social media accounts, like there's social justice workshops and books and book clubs and petitions and people giving direction. And like, that's really great. Like if that has been one of the things through all of this, where I've maybe felt good to walk forward and feel safe to walk forward. And I, this thing that's coming to my head also is white fragility. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, something I came across recently and, and I get it. Like I get it. I'm like, yes, we're over here. And us white people get to, you know, some say like, Oh, but I'll listen to you, but don't yell at me. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. And then I, I think personally, it's my work to be able to hold space for what's happening and at the same time be working through my own shame, first of all, of feeling yelled at 
or even not knowing what to do and not knowing where to step. But I also know that it's my responsibility to get myself educated. And part of this is like really learning how to shed my own shame. What do I do when I come up to someone that is really angry about what's happening? Ugh, and it's, it's coming out like it's so, what I want to say is when it comes to these conversations that are really difficult to have because of the shame, the most accountable thing you can do is first confront your shame. Because when you can confront your shame, then you can start to to act in a very conscious way. If this is the time when things actually change, we need to be learning the things and having the tools that we need to actually change. And one of those tools is knowing about shame. Because we can't make that change if we are fighting, flighting, or freezing in shame. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just I value the work you do and, and just the awareness you've brought to me throughout the conversation we had before this and then the recording. What tool or what words would you or do you feel you could give to people who are listening who are like, when I saw people put up all the black squares, when I saw people starting to post about systemic racism, and they're recognizing that they either froze and felt like, I don't know what to post, or they ran flight, they just exited social media, disengaged from the conversation, mm-hmm. or they, you know, physically fought, so calling out or sending nasty messages to people or just sending thoughts, judgments, what, what advice or what, I want to say tool, what tool could you share with them from your skill set to help them stay engaged in the conversation? And the movement. Just the first, like the first thing that comes to my mind is just awareness, awareness and ownership. Really understanding your own pattern of okay, so something happens. You know, maybe your heart rate goes up a little bit. Something in your sympathetic nervous system. So it's like heart rate, shortness of, the, of breath. You know, my face can get red. Like something that like gets you out of feeling calm and present and peaceful. And just anytime you're seeing something in social media, especially with what's happening in the world right now, and you notice yourself going into that space, notice, like, are you freezing? Are you wanting to fight? Or are you wanting to run away? And allow yourself to be honest first and foremost with yourself. I had to start admitting to myself like, whoa, I freeze. Like I stumble on my words. I don't know what to say. I don't know what corner to go around. Like metaphorically, I just, I freeze. And it was so important for me to just acknowledge that before I could even start having conversations with other people about what's going on. So awareness just of like, which one is my pattern? And maybe there's like one or two or you know, depending on what the thing is and in, in your own personal history. And then owning it, like own it to yourself first and foremost, and then start owning it to the people around you. Like I, I just want to fight when, when I see this black square, or I just want to disengage when I see this black square. And even just like recognize that that is 
your sympathetic nervous system coming in and underneath that there's going to be shame this year is all about the four energy and that's human energy it's like we are being humans like it's it's a call to humanity which is why these structures are coming up like it's it's why it's finally this time is different if you look out into the world and everything happening it seems like blow after blow after blow and people are saying like 2020 is canceled not at all 2020 is bringing us back into our humanity because we got very off track as a collective Mm -hmm. and so to bring in the, the human element if you feel safe how would you say or how if this was a a conversation because your work's definitely relational so while I might not be relating with a partner in this situation I'm relating with someone else on social media so when I'm seeing the black squares and I'm getting angry so my fight and I want to put out something to that says like hey learn about this what would you say to me or like how do you see the role of shame in that or how would you help me unearth what exactly I'm feeling shameful about I mean it's just the first thing the first thing that popped into my head is like come have a coaching session with me yeah it can be different for everyone I don't want to put people into a box and say they're going to feel shame for the same thing you know the shame that I feel And the reason why I freeze is because I feel shame for, you know, not having cared enough about what's going on in the world to like really have dug my heels in and like really put my energy into this at an earlier point in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I know friends that have been a part of social justice for a much longer time and are way more aware than I am. And you know, even even you in in um, social work as well. So, how would or I want to keep talking about this tool because a big part of what it feels my work is at this time is to give the tools to people who are listening to continue to engage through the discomfort. So, like your shame response and the shame cycle that kind of inhibits people from actually doing anything different or learning or growing or changing the system in a very long-term way is like there's a black square that comes up on social media. The person goes into a trigger, you know, their shame response. So fight, flight, or freeze. Normally what would happen is a person goes through that and then they avoid whatever the actual issue is. They avoid actually digging underneath okay like why did that reaction just happen why did I just freeze why did I just delete my Instagram account like why did I do those things people don't ask themselves these questions then it's like everything settles down the dust settles it feels good in the body again and then they're out on the street and seeing television and it's talking about the same thing and then the same cycle happens again they get angry again so there's this underlying trigger this underlying issue that's never addressed. So then we never can learn from anything because we don't take the time to sit down and reflect and figure out like what's actually underneath my reaction right now, like my sympathetic, very primal reaction, fight, 
flight or freeze, what's underneath that so that I can like learn from this, process more emotions if I need to, but really learn from it so that I can help change something and like move something, even just moving a block, just an inch, if that's what it is. Um, And then, and then that's change. Like that's systemic change is being able to look at the self and after the reactions, reactions will happen, you know, hopefully over time, the more someone works with themselves internally and like understands why they're reacting a certain way to something and learns how to process their emotions properly or like in a, in a healthy way, they, they clear their, their space in order to actually sit down and look at the core issue. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, whoa, like I'm, like for me, I'll give you my personal example. So I go into the freeze response and then, and I did this the other day. I was like, why, why am I, why am I freezing? Like what's going on? And I just sat and just figuring out some prompts of like, I'm, I'm afraid to make a mistake because in my history, like a core wound of mine is I, if I make a mistake, I'm going to be punished. Mm-hmm. So I'm terrified of making too much noise or saying something and I'm being completely in left field and being this like silly white person that's so ignorant and I'm afraid of these things because I'm afraid I'm just going to keep getting punished. And once I realized that, once I realized that that's actually underneath my freeze response, then I could work with myself and be like, oh, okay, all right, so let me work with this part of myself as I continue to consciously make a choice and lean into what's going on in the world and like really help move what's happening. I feel like during the course, during Unpassing Business, I was trying very much to get you to see the power of what you know and what you've learned. And I, I'm just really grateful that you showed up today to this conversation that we didn't even plan, like we planned to have a conversation, but just seeing what it's evolved into and the resource we're now able to give people through this episode, I'm... I'm just so grateful because I, you know, relational work is a huge part of us shifting into what a lot of people in the spiritual communities call new earth, or, you know, even if you don't want to call it new earth, just a new way of being one that is genuinely rooted in equality. It requires these types of conversations and not just relating to self, not just relating to partner, not just relating to family, but relating to the world and being able to stay engaged and stay, stay in the arena, like stay Mm -hmm. and not fight, not flight, not freeze, stay and be proactive in the change. Yeah. And grow, grow in the change, grow with the change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so easy to say that it's out there, you know, like, oh, I don't experience this. I only experience my privilege every day. Like, I'm not at the forefront. Like, I, 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 not even like secondhand, really. There's the odd times, and I've talked to my friends that have experienced racism and, 
even my partner, like I've had conversations with him and been like, whoa, like there's things that I've had to admit to that have given me a little bit of an ego death mm-hmm. to some things, even to my partner. And, and that was a big one. Like, I'm, <laughs> this is the shame and, and just like feeling like it's, it was still such a safe space to come in and, and be like, you know what, like, actually, this is my responsibility too. this is my responsibility too. and change is not going to happen out there. Like it's happening inside of me and it's, it's not like the responsibility of the people that are willing to be, that can already be loud. Or that have to be loud. I think. Yes. About- yeah. Thank you. That's way more true. Like the ones that have to be loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's in us who are being triggered. And I think earlier in the conversation, I I can't remember if it was recorded or before, but we were talking about how the system, like we are the system change. And so Mm -hmm. if we want to see the world change, you know, that gets thrown around a lot within, again, spiritual communities of like, be the change you want to see. Well, here's the invitation to the work. You know, Mm -hmm. it's our triggers that invite us to the work. And it's our shame that invites us to the work mm-hmm. because whether it is you are changing a system as someone who is oppressed. So for my work with empaths, you know, the feminine is deeply oppressed. And so whether I'm changing the system by showing up and creating a new example of what it means to own your, your feminine side and your intuition and, and all the beauty that comes with that, that is one side of my responsibility for change. The other side is the, the responsibility to show up in my privilege and to show mm-hmm. up and see my privilege and to embody the change in that same way. So as much as I have to dismantle a lot of the learned, I want to say learned behavior, learned ideas, um, learned shame around being an empath, being sensitive, being a woman, I need to also do that same work on the privileged side of me. And I'm, again, I'm just so grateful that you were willing to come in and, and just be in this space with me. You've really invited me to look even deeper, like look so, so deep at my reactions to what's happening and my responsibilities to what's happening now and moving forward. So thank you. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for holding the space. This really wouldn't be happening without you. And yeah, like this, you know, being here and talking about this, like knowing that my shame response is to freeze, to have this conversation, like this is not a freezing conversation for me. This is me being like, you know what? I might not understand everything. I might say the wrong things I might still be in my privilege very much I'm still in my privilege mm-hmm. still like in my bubble and like I'm committed to learning and I'm committed to learning more and I'm committed to keep looking at myself and yeah. and, and and like doing that in all the ways that I can yeah it's the words keep bringing of of staying staying I think I'm being brought back to I went to a relationship coach. Maybe this is a full circle. When I was with my first boyfriend, 
And I was always just so interested in therapy. So, you know, we were really young, but I, I sought out a relationship coach. And I remember her talking to us about the importance of staying in the room. And I'm like, I actually get what that means now. It's a decision, but it's deeper than that. It involves work. Is there anything else that you would want to share while you have people listening? I know you mentioned earlier when I said that, how would I work through this? And you said a coaching session with me, which I was like, amazing. <laughs> um, that, so if there are people, there's people who don't want to do the work on their own, or if they're like, whoa, I have a lot of shame in my romantic relationship or in my relationship with other in the world, someone mm -hmm. else in the world they might be wanting to learn more from you. So where do you want to invite them? Start with my website. Mm -hmm. I, I very much, I give my story there. Um, coaching individuals and couples, um, both of them, especially, especially couples. I definitely invite you to show up there in that space with me. I really love giving very individualized homework. Um, that's just very tailored to what my clients are going through and things that are very alive for them it's very tailored and we create it together that's the beauty of being an empath in that context you can feel into what another needs mm -hmm. you get to lean in and, and share what you know based on their needs i i think we speak so much to finding the strength or gathering the strength or becoming empowered as empaths and it's really cool to see or to start to shout out why that's so, you know, how is being an empath helping you make ripples? And for you within your one-to-one -one coaching, it's like you, you show up, all of you open to receive what your clients need and then resource based off that. Well, thank you for being here. How do you feel? The words that came to me are that I feel on top of the world and at the same time, very humbled because I just came across your podcast a few months ago and there was a part of me that had a vision of being on here and it's cool because I'm like whoa like I woke up this morning and I'm like whoa I'm just living my dreams I just I just get to live my dreams can I leave that part in a little manifestation story yeah <laughs> you enjoyed today's episode if it's brought you value i encourage you to go check out kareen's work and really just soak in her knowledge and her energy because anyone doing relational work at this point is someone we want to be following we want to be learning these tools we want them in our back pockets you know the new world begins with us and how we relate with each other and how we communicate with each other so definitely check out Kareen. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'm always so grateful for your heart-based reviews. Have a lovely day and see you back here soon.